Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show, man. I am glad to be here today. I got another punk for all of you. I know not too long ago, you just listened to the amazing Josh Buckley. But now I have his brother from another mother, his his <laughs> person that he met from way out of town, uh, that they, they met virtually. And they started the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast together. But he is an elementary principal in a K through five school. He is also in Chicago, correct? Yeah, it's like South Suburbs, Chicago, South right outside of Chicago. Mike Earnshaw, everybody, how are you doing, my man? Brandon, I'm I'm great. I'm super stoked to be here, man. I'm I, you know, I think you were on our podcast a couple times actually, so. You know, I'm I'm stoked that you know to finally be on yours and be a guest. You know, we've known each other. I for listen. A while, I'm so. just excited to have have another conversation. I mean, last one was so good. You can check that out. I have to make sure I put that in the show notes for sure. So that'll be in yeah. the show notes for you all to check out. And this is almost like part two, um, but this time it's more about you and less about me. So let's dive right. into you. You had this journey through education that's taken you from teacher to principal in an elementary school, to a podcast creator, and now to some an author and also someone who's out there sharing your work with the world of all educators that are out there going strong. So, man, where do you start? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I guess it was in high school um, or more so in college. Like, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, man. Like, if you see me speak, like I'm very open and honest about my upbringing. I'm not going to go into it here. Um, but, you know, I kind of I didn't have a good relationship with my father. Um, being a, a punk rocker and a skateboarder, I was stereotyped. And in high school, a lot of teachers had kind of written me off. And so I started going down a, kind of a dark path with um, drugs. And there was a few teachers that kind of like pulled me out of that. Like they saw you know, the potential I had. And they're like, look, you're throwing things away. Um, so I cleaned up my act and, uh, you know, I uh, went, started college. My parents were like, no, if you, if you take a year off, cause I wanted to, they're like, you, we know what's going to happen. Like you're going to never go back. And, um, so I, I went to, to college and I didn't go away because, uh, one of the things was I didn't want to kind of with freedoms fall back into some of my old habits, uh, from high school. And, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I started thinking back to, I'm like, man, I wouldn't be here right now 
if it wasn't for those couple teachers who like pulled me aside and you saw past the mohawk and everything, right? So I was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into education because they kind of changed the path of my life for the for the positive. So I, that's what I wanted to do. So you know, my whole philosophy was always like it, I was in got into education, became a, a middle school English teacher for the kids, like for them to know, like your voice can make a difference. Like you, you are what's going to change the world. What's going to fix the things that we as adults can't. So I was a middle school teacher for, for many years. Um, and I remember it was, uh, the year before I got married in 2007 and it was that school year, the 06, 07 school year, cause we got married in June and talking to my principal and assistant principal, I was chaperoning a basketball game, you know, trying to make as much extra money as I could. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go back to school after after the honeymoon. I'm like, what are you going to go for? I'm like, well, I'm going to just get my master's, I don't know, in curriculum or English or something. You know, I just want to make some more money. And they're like, you need to go for administration. And I laugh at them, right? I'm like, come on. Like, I'm not like any of the other teachers. Like, we're doing out-of-the-box activities all the time. Like, my colleagues look at me and they don't understand, like, how we're even learning in here. And uh, they're like, no, you you have leadership qualities. And they said, even if you don't want to become a school administrator, an administrative license is going to open more doors for you. So I went back to school for admin. And I mean, honestly, I fell in love with it right away. And it's that cliche saying, right? Like I, right away, I was like, I could touch more lives being an administrator than the 120 kids I see on a daily basis teaching ELA. So, you know, I... I did my coursework, all that. And it took me a couple of years to actually find my first admin job. Um, I became an assistant principal at the district I'm at now. Uh, I did that for two years. Definitely was not long enough. I'd always tell assistant principals, like, do it as long as you can. Like, you know, because because once you step up, like, it's, it's different. Like, everything falls on you, you know. Like, when I was the AP, I was able to, like, kind of Look at my principal and be like, all right, you got this one. I'm I'm checking out. I'm I'm going home. Um, but you know, I, I got my principalship job uh at an elementary school, which I had no elementary experience ever, um, except for you know, a observation coursework when I was going to school to be a teacher. And uh I took the job. My plan was to be here for a couple of years and go become like a middle school principal somewhere, but I fell in love with the elementary level. Like the kids like literally look at you like you're a rock star. You know, like middle school kids, like they see you outside of school and they're like, uh, hey, Mr. Earnshaw. Like elementary kids, like it's you are like, mom, there's our principal. So, you know, that was one of the things. And just seeing like the light bulbs go off uh, in, in these kids and knowing like, look, if we can get them at this early age to know what they're truly capable of doing, like it's. It's uh, I, I fell in love with it. So I've been at my current building. This is my ninth year where I'm at. So um, I know that's a long time. They say I think the average average term for a principal at a building is like four, four to five years. Um, I feel like there's still plenty of work, work to do here, man. I mean, we've done a lot um, in the nine and a half years I've been here. But like I said, there's still more to do. I love the community. Um, that's kind of my journey where I, where I you know, my educational journey, if that makes sense. Nine years in the same building. That yeah. is something that is not heard of. Often. No. And, and dude, honestly, um, our turnover rate is 
extremely low. So it's like nine and a half years because we're halfway through this year with the same staff pretty much. I mean, the people who have left have either retired because it was their time to go um, or I've had maybe three who have left because of um, family reasons. Like they had, they, they started having kids and they were like, I can't commute an hour anymore. Like, but this is the place I want to be. But, and I like, Hey, I get it. Like I got kids myself. Like you don't want to be getting home at six at night um, when you got young kids. So most of the staff, I mean, and I, when I tell people that, like, I guess I kind of take it for granted. And they're like, you're doing something right. The fact that they are not leaving and jumping ship, you know, you're you're leading them the right way. And um, it's, you know, it's it's good. Like, so we still got work to do. Um, but I'm excited, you know. I can't hear you. I probably should have oh. unmuted my mic. Here we go. Sorry, I forgot. Oh, it's good. It's good. 22 and 23 and 24. <laughs> I don't even know, but I forgot about all that. So I am back. I was just listening to you. Yeah, we got to dive into that a little bit further because what I see is someone who's been in a building for nine years with a lot of the same staff and, you know, your situation, but building that environment and, you know, I think we got to dig a little bit deeper into that. I got to know. I got to know from you now that I got you on here. So what do you believe that are some of the things um, that you guys are doing really well that are important, that's important to share with the rest of the, the world? I think I've always, I'm not a micromanager for one. Like that's, that's the thing. Like I've never been a micromanager. Um, even even when if I didn't go into education, I would have went into a, like a, a culinary school and became a you know a chef. I worked in a I ran a kitchen f throughout college, high school and college, and uh, I've always put my trust in the people underneath me. Right, like if, if that's your job to do, like I'm trusting that you're gonna do it, and I I don't need to sit over and have you check in with me all the time. And now, of course, yes, there's times where someone drops the ball and then that's a conversation we have like what could we do different but um i know a lot of staff have have told me that and staff we've inherited from other buildings in the district just from like you know um openings and and different needs and grade levels um they've told me like wow you do you do this different like you you let us do our jobs and i've heard that from numerous people throughout the years like you trust us to do our jobs i'm like well yeah like i didn't go to school to be an elementary you know third grade teacher like you're the expert here not me like let me know how i can help you and and i will assist you but you're you're the expert i trust you um same with the team leaders like i i give them their team leader for a reason you know they're they're the administrators of their the grade levels i tell them and you know i don't need to sit there and be in every single meeting or have read the notes weekly that they turn in um and some of the other things too is just I, I, I give our staff, you know, I model, it's easy for us to say like, you guys need to take risks, get out of your comfort zone, um, do, do lessons you've always wanted to do, you know, you got the green light. But then if, as a leader, I'm not modeling that, if I'm not showing our staff that I'm getting out of my comfort zone, that I'm taking risks, they're not going to be comfortable doing it. So, and I think 
from the past few years, like from it, it really took off, man, when it was like 2018 and I was already getting burned out. I'm like, look, I'm young. I'm 42 right now. I'm like, I don't think I can keep doing this. Like when I was 38, I'm like, I got into this real young, you know, compared to most most standards. I'm like, this is going to be a long time being a school principal. And because I was doing the stereotypical thing, like I was doing the hey, it's 10 o'clock. Let me do a lap around the building so everyone can see me. I pop into a few classrooms, come in my office, sit in front of my computer, make phone calls. And I, I was miserable because I had never been like that. I'm a people person. Like I want to be around people helping them. So I'd gone to um, NASSP. It was in Chicago that year. And and I had discovered, you know, people like Adam Welcome and, and Hamish Brewer and just kind of like all of the these principals doing. I'm like, man, why am I not? leading like this. So I came, I came into the next school year with this whole new attitude, this whole new outlook. You know, I, I brought my skateboard back. I was skateboarding in the halls. I got a mobile desk. I was out like literally out in the halls and in classrooms, like the school's my office, right? I'm here if you need me. Um, and if you don't, I'm just going to jump in and get, be a part of the conversation activity anyway. So I, I started blogging and that's how I met Josh and we started the podcast. So the staff kind of saw like, Oh, he's, he's putting himself out there. He's doing these things that, you know, I, I, I've always been a writer. I've never shared my writing. I was always too afraid to, but now I was putting it out there and um, just them seeing me do these things out of my comfort zone. And I was honest with them. I said, guys, look, this is out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to put it out there. Feel free to read it. Feel free to listen. To this. Um, I started seeing staff um, do things out of their comfort zone. We turned around like our faculty meetings and that's what a lot of my book is about. Like just doing things like having fun at school, but still getting the work done, still having professional development. It doesn't have to be me sitting there speaking to a PowerPoint, you know? Um, so just kind of those, those types of things. And I mean, and I'm, and I'm honest, man, I was an ELA teacher I tell my staff, I am at first I used to lie to them and fake my way through data and all that. And they, you know, they knew I had no idea what I was talking about. So I just started being honest, like, look, I don't know what these winter map scores are really telling us. Like, so now it's like the staff knows, like I got, you know, we, we have Josh say this all the time. We got experts in, and all over our building. So the, my staff that love data, they, Hey, let me let me take a look at all this and let me analyze it and I'll tell you. And I always give them the credit. Like, hey, you know, Miss Bound, our fifth grade teacher, she she looked at our our math data and here's what she's kind of come up with. Do you guys see the same? Do you see any differences? So kind of having like that all in honest like approach. Like, look, we've all got our strengths. We've all got areas to grow. So let's let's collaborate and work with one another to be the best for our kids. And that's always the main thing. It's about the kids because if we're not pulling together and dropping those egos, because there's so many, there's so much egos in education, man. If we're not dropping the ego and knowing like we need each other, the kids are the ones who are going to suffer. That was a big long winded answer for, for your question, dude. <laughs> that was an awesome answer for my question. You talk about trust you talk about giving control, autonomy to your staff. You talk about modeling risk-taking through sharing your writing. 
I feel like that's pretty amazing stuff. Um, Thank you. Those are some excellent things. And those are parts of your book, the Educulture Cookbook. So tell us yeah. a little bit about, I mean, going into that space and why you started to write the book and your background and in loving to, you know, loving cooking and wanting to be a chef and, and putting that all together. Talk a little bit about that. So, yeah, it's so I've always since I was a kid, a teenager, I've always wanted to write a book. Um, I always thought I was going to write a novel and I can't tell you how many like novels I've started and I'm like, I hate it. I'm like, this is going nowhere. No one's going to read this. So I was sitting at the, you know, I, I started blogging and I've got like undiagnosed ADHD. So my blogs, man, were all over the place. Like there was no theme or rhyme or reason. Like you read one about me going for a run at four in the morning. And then the next one's about me, you know, interacting with third graders. Like, so it just, whatever came to me, I wrote. So I started to think, I'm like, how am I ever going to write a book? Like I can't sit and focus on one topic. So I put out a blog. It was called Struggle Island. And it was about an activity that we did as a staff here. Um, Real briefly, basically, I took the staff outside. Throughout the week, they'd given me a problem on an index card of what they were facing. And it was all anonymous. I didn't want to know whose it was. We got in a circle and I said, I, I read the question or I read the statement. If you were facing that problem, you basically stepped backwards to signify you're drowning in the water. And if you were still in the circle, that meant you were on the island and you have an answer for that problem or you have a solution that might help that problem out. So we went through a bunch of these. And, you know, people kept stepping back and then other people would share. And again, like it built this camaraderie because like a fifth grade teacher is like, oh, that kindergarten teacher has an answer to the problem I'm facing. Right. And I had so many people come up to me the next day, tell me how impactful that activity was. They're like, Mike, eight of those problems you read, I have eight of those problems, you know, so I've got all these ideas and I've got all these colleagues I know I can go to for help when I'm facing something like this. So I wrote a blog about it. And this blog was probably had the most action that I had seen at this point. And I had written a good, you know, couple handfuls of blogs at this point. And people were reaching out like, you need to tell me more. Like, do you do this stuff at every faculty meeting? You know, how else you know, you know, can you implement this? What other things have you done with your staff? And so I started to kind of put a focus on that. And I, I was sitting at my kitchen table one night and my daughter was like, are you writing a book? I was like, well, I don't know, hopefully one day. And uh, I kind of was keeping all these. I wasn't really releasing them as blogs because they were a little too long, you know, for, for blogs. And then I made a connection with, uh, the amazing Kristen, Kristen Nan at uh, the first Teach Better conference. And, you know, she came into my session and she was cracking up. She's like, you're just so real when you speak. And uh, her and I state, we, we, we would talk a lot on Voxer. And I kind of pictured this idea. I was like, hey, I got this idea for a book. Like, I don't know what do you think. And um, she's like, oh, I think it's great. So kind of she she hooked me up with EduMatch with Sarah to get the thing. The way the, the cookbook fell about, one, yes, I always want to be a chef, right? That's what I would have done if I didn't go into education. But two, I was talking to my wife um, when I kind of told her, I'm like, I got this idea for a book. And she's like, well, it needs to stick out, right? It needs to be something different than all of these other education books coming out. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm like, I know every time I read an education book, 
six months later is when I need that that piece I read. So I and I can never find it, right? I'm I'm looking through my highlights, I'm looking through my post-its, I'm like, damn. I'm like, I know I read it in Brandon's book. Where is it? I can't. And then eventually either you find it or you just give up. You're like, well, whatever. I just I gotta move on. I don't got a time to keep looking. So I wanted to make something that would stick out for people like me. So at the end of each chapter is literally a recipe card that breaks down. You don't have to reread the whole chapter. Like, so struggle islands in there and it breaks down. Here's the materials you need. Here's kind of what to put in place. Here's how long things will take to do. And there's also a QR code where you can scan it and it takes you to a secret private site at the punk rock classrooms uh, website where you can have a digital version of all these recipe cards. But I was like, this is an easy, quick way to to reference back to these activities so you don't got to carry around my Gernshaw's book everywhere you go. Um, but that would be cool if you did still. So that's kind of how it all came about, like my background with that and just having like that something little niche to set it apart. So, No, that sounds awesome. It sounds – what I love is that you can always walk away with something, and I thought of the same way when I was writing my book, and I remember we spoke about this. It was always yeah. the idea that like someone could read your book, immediately put down where they are in the book, and go and do something immediately. Right. right. I always feel like that that is – I feel like that's such a critical component to it all. And, you know, shout out to some amazing people throughout that story that you mentioned and, and, you know, people that have even been on this podcast, shout, shout out to Adam. Welcome. Hamish Brewer. If you're out there, eventually yeah. I'll get you on. I know I, him and I crossed paths and I, I basically opened for him way back at the beginning of the school year, but he nice. had like just came from a flying crazy trip of just jumped off a yeah, plane yeah. from New Zealand came to the district they and like ran in ran out and he was just on fire guys incredible um yeah, just amazing man. people uh to me it was just so awesome to see him speak and you learn so much from others you know and i i think that you know you've been sharing that a lot in your journey and one thing that we do in this show is we dedicate each show to someone who's out there unlocking unlimited potential and all whom they serve and i know that you have a special person to dedicate this to so let us know yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick just one, right? Like, there's so many amazing educators that have impacted me that I've met, you know, throughout the country from speaking and being on social media uh, and in my building alone. But, uh, you know, I'm going to give I'm going to give a shout out to uh, one of our fourth grade teachers, uh, Mrs. Jeannie Fry. She uh, has consistently, I mean, year after year, um, always put relationships first with her students, as many of our staff do. But knowing like she's not going to reach them and help unlock their potential, like unlock what they can really accomplish without them knowing that she's there for them and building that trust and that relationship, not just with them, but with their, their families as well. Um, I remember with the first, you know, 2018 when I kind of had that transformation of putting relationships first and me being out there and out of my comfort zone at the end of the school year, she came up to me and she goes, Mike, putting relationships first really works. She goes, look at our scores. Look at how far our kids have come. Look at what we've accomplished. And it, it like, she goes like, it, it really works. And I was just like, you know, that meant the world to me. Cause I'm like, all right, I'm doing something right. You know, I steered the ship in the right direction this year. So um, yeah, shout out to, uh, to Jeannie. Shout out to that. And that awesome 
antidote right there. Relationships work. They absolutely do. And I think that that's really critical. And I think that's pretty simple if you think about yeah. it, and especially when you're out there and people are out there overcomplicating things or having a rough day or worrying, worrying about data entry, whatever it is, you know, relationships work. Um, that's easy. They're the savior, right? You know, we've been talking a lot about it on this show and obviously you have documented it all and you're out there doing this amazing work um, at conferences, at different places. Amazing to see you've obviously also launched the podcast. Um, I mean, a few years, a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, this right? is uh, this is year four for us. Year four. Yeah. Year four. It's crazy. And as Josh shared on the store, the, the podcast earlier, how you guys met through the grapevine and, and through the social media space and turned into a really successful podcast as Thank well. You. So talk just really quick about that idea, the punk rock classroom podcast. Yes. So it's crazy. Like, and I don't know um, how much Josh shared. I haven't listened to his episode yet, but yeah, I, I, I had put out a blog that day. We were doing a mastery chat through Teach Better when Teach Better used to do mastery chat still. And it was Josh's first Twitter chat. So whatever whatever the question was, I was like, oh, perfect. My blog I launched today that I put out today answers this question. So I just kind of put it in there like, oh, yeah, I wrote about this. Here's a link to my blog. And like all of a sudden I get a, a message or maybe he tweeted back at me and he's like, you just referenced Sick of It All, which is a New York hardcore band. He's like, you just referenced Sick of It All in an education blog. He's like, I think we're, I think we're best friends. And so him and I started talking, and uh, we just started talking about like both growing up in the punk rock scene and what you know, the having passion and unity and DIY, the do-it-yourself mentality, and uh, things, the correlations and connections we saw with that punk rock scene to education. And one day he asked me, he's like you want to do a podcast? I'm like, dude, I would love to, but I have no idea what to even do for a podcast. He's like, don't worry. I've run a comic book one before I got this. And so we set a date and we were recording. I think like every other week, we barely knew each other. I think we've talked to each other a few times on the phone at this point. So we were pretty much like strangers. And then uh, it just kind of took off. Like we just, we started, we're like, Hey, let's step it up. Let's do it every week. Um, and we, you know, it's, we've made it a point where we, we do an episode, like something new comes out every week, whether it's me and him together, we have a guest, one of us does a reflection, but we feel like we want to keep it fresh. Um, and even in the summer, we do like these little micro interviews. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's something we love doing. You know, it's got a, we've, we've got a, a good crew of people that take things from it. You don't have to be into punk rock or have grown up in that scene to understand it. It's more just about this kind of, I don't want to say simplistic approach to education, but you don't need all the fancy bells and whistles and grants and, and programs out there to be an effective educator. Like that's what we're trying to say. You've got it inside you to be that, that best educator. And I believe if you were to keep going with that, you would be able to finish my sentence, unlocking <laughs> unlimited potential means. Yeah. So I thought about this a lot, man. Uh, this is what, what I feel right now today. You ask me tomorrow might be different, but unlocking unlimited potential means being the best version of yourself to inspire and bring out the best in those that we serve. And that's what I feel like it's, 
we've got so much in us, so much more than we'll ever know. And we need to bring it out. And when we bring it out in our ourselves, because I've seen what's happened on our in our building, it's gonna inspire others. And that's that's my whole goal. I want to bring out the best in other people, you know, let them know that they can make a difference. Absolutely. We rise by lifting others is a statement that is said very often on this show. And I appreciate you. And I know that you've had some amazing stuff. And it was great to hear you tell the story the same exact way as Josh tells the story. (laughs) But it's heard from another mouth. So this is amazing. So whoever heard the other one, now you got two. And if you enjoyed what you listened to today, and I know you did, and I know you want to share and tell people about these awesome recipes that they can find out there to do amazing things like Struggle Island, check out out the show notes you can connect there with mike and you can connect with all the amazing stuff that he has going on in the future what's next man well, I'm, my one of my goals for 22 is to start my my next book um you know speaking and trying to get get more my uh speaking i don't want to say career but get get out there in more conferences and speak to educators and just connect with people man that's that's what i want to do that's what i love that's why that's why i thrive off of you know 2023 is going to be a great year my man yeah, it's going thanks. to be a great year it is i love it i appreciate it and to everybody out there i hope you enjoyed the show like i said we spend a lot of time the we educators getting out there and, and reflecting with all of you and talking about this amazing thing called unlocking unlimited potential. So I'm hoping that you will share in the journey alongside us, share the show with someone who needs it. Make sure you give a shout out to somebody out there or give it to somebody who needs a little bit of hope or inspiration in their journey. And if you haven't signed up for the something for you newsletter from Brandon what are you waiting for? It's free. Please. Do it. I spend hours of time doing it so that I can provide you with content on the 1st and 15th of every month. I'm not saying it to make you feel bad. I'm just saying (laughs) it because I want you to know that I put a lot of time and effort. And I'd love to hear about it. If you're interested in learning more, check it out. And remember, everybody, just like we talked about in this show, that the journey towards unlocking unlimited potential, it begins with you. I hope that you continue to educate with passion and purpose. Mike, I appreciate you for being on the show. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 